Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles. Brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. The Rockhearts Bluegrass Band was formed in 2013 by five veteran musicians from southern New England. These guys all have a history of playing bluegrass music, but all agreed something clicked when they got together a little over eight years ago. After making a big splash at the IBMAs in Raleigh, North Carolina this past September, the band is headed back into the studio in April to record their sophomore project. Singer and guitarist Alex McLeod joins me on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about this emerging bluegrass band. Good afternoon, Alex. Welcome to the podcast. Great. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for being, uh, for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time uh, at the end of your day to uh, jump on the call here with us and uh, talk a little bit about um, the Rock Hearts and uh, what you guys have been up to. Um, you are... Um, the north part of the northern part of the country, uh, New England, is that right? We are, yeah. yeah. We're, we're uh, southern New England, so uh, covering Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Massachusetts. Yeah, okay. Well, one of the questions I'm always curious about is if uh, if it's full time or the guys in the band have got other uh, work projects they do. And uh, we were talking offline. You're actually at the end of your work day and ready to head home. What uh, what do you do for a living outside of the music? Well, I, I tell you, I have one of the best jobs in the world. I am a high school counselor, which for some people might think it's the worst job in the world. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's certain things that, you know, you're believed you're called to do. Yeah. And without a doubt, I think I'm called to be a high school counselor. I've, I've done it 27 years. Wow. Um, and uh, it's great. And, and, of course, then it allows me to uh, to enjoy um, playing music on vacations and sure. over the summer. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I've... Uh, in the last couple of years, figured out that balance. Um, the other guys, uh, Joe is um, Joe is actually a business owner and entrepreneur, a banjo player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rick, uh, our bass player, is a retired school psychologist. Um, so there's a couple of counselors in the group yeah, that keeps right. everyone in check. Right. You know, <laughs> um, uh, our mandolin player Billy. He's actually a uh, he works in a music store, teaches music lessons. So he is around music all the time. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And then our our new fiddle player, Austin, is a, uh, a trained uh, public school music teacher who recently left his job this year um, to uh, to go to Raleigh with us. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> so he, he, he left his job with aspirations of creating his own online, in-person music business, teaching uh-huh. lessons, okay. advising people. So, yeah, sure. So, so we're all sort of in music in some way, in yeah. some respect. But, yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. And and you guys, um, of course, I think I read where the band has been together since 2013. So you, you all have had some, uh, m- you've had music careers prior to putting this group together. Yes, yeah, pretty extensively. Yeah, um, okay. 
But, you know, we, we all agree that, you know, uh, for the first time, um, we've, we're all at this point in our, in our professional music lives where we have found the perfect situation. Hmm. You know, we, we all say that um, Joey, our banjo player, says, you know what we do? We speak the same musical language, mm-hmm. whether it's goals for the band, um, objectives, uh, material, arrangements, uh, you name it. There's, there's absolutely no ego in the band. Mm-hmm. It is the most comfortable, mm-hmm. family-oriented group of guys, um, even, with the, even with the original members. Um, you know, Pete Kelly, that was our bass player. Um, you know, he was a, he was a banjo player for Dale Ann and Michael Cleveland and, mm-hmm. um, uh, Danny Musher, who was, um, with a group called Chasing Blue out of Berkeley. Um, and then Monty McClanahan, original mandolin players, born and raised in Nashville that moved up here to, uh, to New England. They were all just great, great guys. And so we have, um, we have been so blessed to have, um, when they all stepped aside, just, equally quality human beings mm, that, that yeah. filled their spots. And, and I think the, the, um, you know, we, I thought we had something really great, which is why we formed the band in about 2018, our mandolin player joined the group. Um, and, and that was sort of the catalyst for moving us from woodshedding and doing a couple shows to saying, let's do something more significant. Yeah. Let's go record. Um, let's put a project together. Let's make this happen. Yeah. Um, and, and that, and that happened. Um, did the, did the bulk of you guys, the original guys, even did you all travel in the same circles? How did you manage to, uh, to come together and say, Hey, let's, let's give this a try. Yeah. Well, it, it all started with Joe Dietz, the banjo player. Um, he and I had been in a band together prior. Uh, he was, the last banjo player for uh, Joe Val, who's largely considered the father of New England bluegrass. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so Joe played banjo with him and had retired for years and came back out of retirement to work with my band. Um, and so we had been playing together for about 25 years. So he, um, he had a birthday and he just asked his wife, you know, for my birthday, I just want to invite a few friends over and just pick, hmm. have good food, good wine, and just pick. Yeah. So I was, fortunate enough to be part of that equation um then pete and monty and danny all joined and about seven hours of, of just a great time <laughs> yeah um you know we we decided uh that we would all get together um i had never met pete before um you know necessarily and, and he swung in to play some bass and i i pulled in danny and monty um and we just filled all the all the instrumental parts and yeah. said let's have fun and yeah that's so that's cool. that's how it started, um, you know. And and then it's interesting, you know. Ask that question. So Bill uh, Billy Thibodeau, our mandolin player, his this guy is just bluegrass pedigree. He grew up from the age of nine playing mandolin with his dad. Um, his dad's name was Sam Tidwell, which was his stage name. Uh, and his brother Bob Tidwell, who was the bass player for Joe Val uh-huh. uh, in his One Morning in May album, and um, so Bill grew up playing bluegrass. Uh, my dad was a New England bluegrass guy uh, who cut his teeth playing with um, um, Bob French, who was Joe Val's original banjo mm, player. Mm, that's cool. And I grew up in the military moving around, right? So my dad would always talk about his friends back in Boston that he played bluegrass with. Dave Dillon, Dr. Richie Brown, Sam and Bob Tidwell, Joe Val, Don Stover, you know, Tex Logan, like all these great guys. And I grew up hearing stories about them like they were – 
long lost uncles I had never met, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so fast forward about 40 years, I'm playing a show. I don't have a mandolin player. I call up this guy, Bill Thibodeau. He comes down and we play music for like four hours. I knew every song he did. He knew every song I did wow. singing harmonies. It was magic. Yeah. And then he left and I had never met him before. Wow. And my fiddle player at the time goes, you know, you know who his dad is, right? I said, no, I have no idea. His dad's Sam Tidwell. And oh, I thought, wow. oh my gosh, <laughs> wow. this guy's like a long lost cousin. Yeah, then, you know? full circle. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so yeah. I called him up and, and, you know, two years later, there was an opening for the band and he was there and that just, that was just, you know, I, I, I you know, I give credit. I said, that's God's timing right sure. there. I, just, yeah. I, I really feel like so much of this band has been anointed um, and it's just been a blessing. These yeah. guys are so great to play with. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Well, I I got to see you guys um, at one of the um, showcases at, at IBMA, and you could just feel the chemistry, uh, and and could tell that you guys were in the middle and on the verge of uh, something um, greater than the you know the the all of the parts uh, were greater than the individual, and you, you could just feel that. So I, it's cool to get the rest that of the story. Yeah, well, I tell you, that's been a goal of ours is, is you know, we, we, you know, every show we'll just challenge the audience to try and have as much fun as we're having. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and that, that's yeah. a good, that's a good way to, because we, I was there with my wife and, and uh, family and, and we could tell that you were having fun and yeah. there, there's, um, and there were other bands that were um, just as good Um but there were a couple that that were good, but they just didn't uh, didn't look like they were enjoying themselves. Now maybe it was they were nervous, which is always a possibility. Sure. Um, but you could you could tell that that, that you guys um, had a there, there was a there was a chemistry, there was a magic, something going on. And uh, I, I looked at my wife and I said, you know, we got to follow up with these guys because um, uh, I, I just it just seemed like. And then of course, as you were telling these stories on the stage, it sounded like you guys. We're in a forward uh, trajectory anyway, with uh, with what you're up to, and, and and hopefully planning to to grow from there. So it's awesome that, that you guys yeah. have found that. Raleigh Raleigh was really amazing world of bluegrass, and and we were so thankful. You know, we we applied last year, uh, and we didn't get in. And and the project, you know, the Sorry Southern Nights project was doing really well on the charts, and we just. Like, okay, well, you know, let's just keep going at it. And, and in the end, you know, you look back and you go, what a blessing. Like that, yeah. you know, um, that we were able to go in person and perform for people in person and see people. And it just, again, it just worked out not the way we planned it, but, but yeah. someone else planned it for us. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah, that's and, awesome. Yeah, and so we, we did. We had a great time, and the feedback has been so positive since then that um you know we thought that maybe next summer or next fall would would start a sophomore project well we're actually booked to go to go into studio in april wow that's um, great so so right now we're we're really excited about um you know really um we'd like to try and feature songwriters from the new england area mm -hmm. just to really share that new england mm -hmm. bluegrass you know rick lang right sure. multi grammy oh, yeah. Yeah. nominated guy and he's a dear friend and um and um, you know Ted DeMille up in Maine and Stan Keach uh, that's co-written some songs with Bill uh, Thibodeau in the band um, so there's some really great rich music that I think the rest of the country hasn't been exposed to yeah. and so we really like to try and 
uh, embrace that and, and feature some of the songwriters as long as it, you know, it fits our sound. Sure. Yeah. So that's, that's the kind of goal for our next project. Um, so we're really, really excited. So right now we're just, we're working on uh, new material. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. You mentioned your sound. Do you have a, without trying to pigeonhole what you do, it's different. It's bluegrass, and it's it's mostly uh, traditional. But there's a different there's a different flavor to it. Do you do you right. guys have a a label for it, or I'm assuming there's an intention behind it, uh, the style that you created. Yeah, you know, it, I don't think it's there's intention. I think it's all that we gravitate and are attracted to a certain feel. Uh-huh. Um, and so the one thing that we always enjoy about being in this group is that we always seem to be in the pocket, yeah. whether it's a hard-driving traditional number, it's a swing number, it's a bluesy number, it's a slow waltzy number. There's this connection between the mandolin and the bass that Billy and Rick provide. Now with Austin kind of pre- creating that chucking instrumentation for the fiddle, uh-huh. it really just allows the other musicians to, you know, sort of explore and have fun, and they don't have to worry about keeping the rhythm because it's so, mm. you know, it's so in 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 the pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we we all love. You know, we all love Flat and Scruggs, Bill Monroe, but we would all say, like, you know, Osborne Brothers, um, Flat and Scruggs certainly were, were J.D. Crow, right? The big, huge influences mm-hmm. for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, even with their music, there was always a little experimentation, um, you know, and, and so we try and play that traditional leaning bluegrass with a sprinkle of experimentation, Um and we always have fun with sort of the swingy, bluesy sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, that really is, is, it's a lot of fun, and, and the guys just go crazy playing their, their breaks on it, and and it lends for really super um, three-part harmonies. Yeah. And um, so I'd say we're probably leaning in, in more of that direction, um, but we also, we also really like to try and harvest songs from non-bluegrass genres. Mm-hmm. You know, my feel is that they were bluegrass songs. It's just that the original writer didn't realize they were. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. You know, right? So yeah. when you think like, you know, um, Buffy St. Marie, you know, or, uh, you know, how many people have covered a Towns Van Zant song sure. or a Bob Dylan tune? And right. So for me, like, you know, Towns Van Zant, uh, uh, don't take it too bad on, on the project. Mm-hmm. It's just a song that's always spoken to me. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, the next project, you know, some classic old country tune. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of great writers out there, and their music just screams bluegrass. Yeah, yeah. They just weren't bluegrass people. So. Yeah, right. I, I love it when a band will pull a cover um, from uh, even, even especially the 80s um, uh, kind of rock scene and put their own bluegrass spin on it. I, I think the audience really... Uh, you know, a lot of the audience, uh, I guess, the, the median age of the audience is in that, uh, from that decade anyway, but there seems to be a real appreciation when a band will, will step outside the traditional bluegrass, uh, what, what's expected, and pull something in like that and, and really give it a new interpretation. It it's, it's adds a new dimension to it. Yeah, and, and that, you know, that that's uh, 99 Year Blues, the, one of the songs on our album was a big hit for the band called Hot Tuna. Oh, yeah, okay. Right? <laughs> and um, and then our buddy Ted DeMille, great musician up in Maine, 
um, recrafted some of the lyrics and then pitched the song to us. And yeah. so that was in 99 year blues was a really well received tune, uh, on this most recent project. So yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Are, are you yeah. guys writing any of your own material? Yeah. Uh, so on, on that project, um, there are several, um, so the title track <clears throat> starry Southern nights was a song that I wrote, um, about, you know, the uh, older guy dancing with the memory I of his life. I love that video. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, uh, Man, it's hard not to watch that and not get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, you know, and and that's kind of a true story. Yeah. Um, you know, that song came about from after I had returned from Nashville where I was living there for a little while. I came home and I saw that scene unfold on a dance floor uh, at, a, at at this place that had live bluegrass. And, yeah. And I thought, you know, someone could look at that scene and go, okay, this guy's out dancing by himself on the dance floor. Time to go home, buddy. I think you've had one too many. Uh-huh. But man, I, my heart just got soft at this moment. And I looked at the scene and I said, maybe there's something else. Yeah. Maybe there's something bigger. And so I just had this little movie play out in my head. Wow. And that night I went home and wrote down the lyrics. I had this melody that came to me that was just so fitting. And by 2 a.m., that song was done. Wow. That's and awesome. I, it was just a blessing because yeah. I'm not... I wouldn't say I'm a writer, yeah. but but the song touches people. Um, a lot of folks, the song resonates. They connect with it. When we went down to record the album in, in Nashville, we stopped at the uh, Brandywine Friends of, of Old Time Music, and we did the show, and there was a group, probably about 60, 70 people, and the first couple rows were, were a lot of you know um, older gentlemen and, and their spouses. Uh-huh. Halfway through the song, we looked down, the first two rows, they're all crying. Wow. Men, women, and we thought, oh, my gosh, like, this song's pretty powerful. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, and then the video came about. That's The video was actually produced by our banjo player's daughter. Okay. Who, wow, who cool. was a self-taught videographer during yeah. COVID. Oh, wow. Um, so she actually filmed both the Smoky Mountain Smoke video as well as the Starry video. Yeah. That was um, that was Tori Dietz. Um, and then... Uh, Whispering Waters uh, was a tune that Bill Thibodeau wrote with uh, Stan Keach. Um, the juxtaposed, the, the banjo instrumental mm-hmm. was, was written by, by Joe Dietz. Um, so, yeah, so there's there's a few originals. On, I think there's four or five originals okay. on there. And, um, and I think for this new project, there's probably, I would say, at least half of them are going to be originals by band members. Yeah, that's great. Do you have a name yeah. for it yet, the new one? Uh, for the new album? Yeah. No, we, we we actually last night. In fact, we we were having sort of band meetings, and we have about eighteen songs that we're sort of calling through and, yeah. and listening to, and really trying to feel. You know, do you do you feel it? Like, yeah. is there an instant feel? Do you have to listen to it a couple times and, and and then figure out how we can form it to our sound? And so, um, yeah. So right now we're just we're just scheduling time to um, to get together and 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 just work through some pieces and, and sort of make them our own. So we're looking probably, you know, probably a 12 or 13 song album. Okay. You know, the the first one, of course, was, was only eight songs. Right. Um, but it had originally only been scheduled to be four songs. <laughs> um, but just the way it worked yeah, out on, yeah. on the way down to Nashville, you know, our mandolin player, Bill, got sick and uh, lost his voice. Oh, and he's our, he's our high tenor singer. Yeah. So we said, well, you know, we have time in the studio. Let's use it wisely. So we ended up laying down tracks for eight songs. 
and uh, thankfully Joe and um, this is you know in the fall of 2019 in January of 2020 Joe and Bill went back on to Tennessee uh, and finished up the album yeah so okay Wait, and uh, you anticipate that uh, be out what uh, fall That's well it. you know yeah I'm hoping you know, if we go down in April and we like what we have um, between the editing uh, and then the, you know, mastering and then whatnot, you know, I would love to push it so that we could get it out sometime in the summer. Yeah, okay. Um, because, you know, the the success this year is, is, has uh, brought about a number of festival, um, you know, appearances for us for, for next year, 22 and yeah. 23. Okay. Um, and so... You know, um, yeah, we're just excited <laughs> to, yeah, that's to get great. the new project. But so, uh, will most of your um, most of your festival run be regional, or or do you plan on getting out across the United States? Well, that's you know, when we were in Raleigh, we were talking uh, to a number of different associations, right? And, and we're not, you know, we would love to. We're, we are playing several um, several of the largest festivals up here in the Northeast, um, but you know, we're we're not opposed. To traveling mm -hmm. um we, we none of us really want to be on the road for 20 days on end right but yeah. you know we would love to be able to figure out can we string um you know three shows together on a five day tour somewhere yeah. whether california yeah. or you know great we met some great folks from cba when we were in north carolina yeah. met some great folks from arkansas uh, that that you know kind of promote around the texas oklahoma arkansas area um, and so we would love to pull together, you know, three or four shows on maybe a five, six day stretch somewhere. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, would be a lot of fun. And, and, um, you know, because we all still have family back home and, right. um, yeah. you know, and jobs. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's the kind of goal. So okay. we're just trying to figure out now, yeah. you know, what that will look like. And, um, but we definitely are geared up to, to make a lot more appearances, um, you know, in the next couple of years. So for those listeners that uh, haven't heard you guys yet, what's the best way to uh, check out some of your videos, maybe get a, a copy of the album that's currently out? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, certainly uh, rockheartsbluegrass at gmail.com is our, is our contact information. Um, our face, I mean, our, our website is rockheartsbluegrass.com. We're on Facebook, you know, um, Facebook forward slash uh, Rock Hearts Bluegrass, and um, and so if folks want a CD, by all means, uh, we can we can take care of that. Uh, just shoot me an email, um, and then we'll we'll handle that transaction. Cool. I, we're still kind of handling it. Um, yeah. You know we 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 don't uh, we haven't quite outsourced an online store or anything yet. Um, but uh, and then you know if folks want to see this uh, some videos, by all means, that'd be great. Um, they're, they're on our website. Uh, we're on YouTube. Our music can be downloaded on every music platform out there, Apple Music, Spotify, and, and whatnot. Um, so it's out there and it's available. So absolutely. And, and, you know, too, we just love hearing from folks. Um, yeah. You know, uh, we've been able to make some really great connections, you know, out in Oregon and yeah. Arizona and awesome. Ireland. You know, it's, yeah. it's really Netherlands. I mean, yeah. it's, it's uh, That's cool. That's cool. It's super exciting. It was, you know, when you when you're a small band, you know, and, and you you know when we debuted on the charts on the Bluegrass Today charts, I think we we're number fourteen, and we looked at the list and we thought, we're the only band on here that 
isn't signed to a label. <laughs> that's so not a that's bad thing. Pretty, yeah. That's pretty cool, you yeah. know? And we're a small little band from, from New England. Yeah. Not not quite considered the hotbed of bluegrass, right. although there is a vibrant bluegrass scene here. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so we were thinking, that's pretty, pretty darn cool. So when we were in Raleigh, there was a young gal walking by our, our, our setup, and she goes, oh, you're Rock Hearts. And we said, yeah, we are. Where are you from? And she's a student at Morehouse. Huh? And she goes, you know, I've been really digging that 99-year blues song. <laughs> and we're thinking, wow, here's a college student yeah. in Kentucky that has heard of us. Yeah, that's cool. You know, and, 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 it, and it was, at that moment, it was a pretty humbling experience. Yeah, that's, um, that's neat. You know, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Well, I, I dig your music, too. I, I think it's really cool. I, I hadn't heard you in, until IBMA, but uh, that's a great place. Uh, there's a couple of events like that. There's a great place to to expose people to what you guys are up to, and so I certainly wish you the best with it, and I'm excited to hear what you're working on uh, with the new project, and um, and much success to you guys when you get out this summer, too. Man, well, we appreciate that. We appreciate you and, and you know the opportunity to meet and, and talk and um, yeah, we're super excited about this year as well. And, 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 you know, if, if we can, man, we want to get out there and we want to see as many, many people as possible, but hopefully, uh, you know, the folks that are down in Tennessee, um, in the Virginia area, when we come down in April, um, I think we're going to be working on a couple shows down there. Very cool. So, uh, Good. just look, look for the, uh, look for the heads up and we'd okay. love to see everyone come out. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it too. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.